Hey y'all, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every horror movie ever made. I'm your host, Quincy, and back from Westworld is Ryan. Hey Ryan! Hello, 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 I'm back from, yeah, literal Westworld. That's actually, you show up and it's not, it's lousy with fucking robots and there's, it, that's it. That's, that's all that's in Wyoming. And this week, we are joined by uh, comic book mogul Chris Sims. Hey Chris! I'm not sure mogul is the right word, but I'll take it. <laughs> Hi folks, how you doing? Better, well, better the guy from the podcast where we stole our gimmick from is actually on our podcast now. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel better, I also oh, sure. stole it. So <laughs> I stole it this um here's the secret I, origin of every story ever. Uh Tom Sharpling did a bit on the best show called The Order of Everything. And people were just calling up with everything like concepts uh like like whether the the paul mccartney album ram is better than air conditioning (laughs) (laughs) which is way like way a way better bit than what we eventually like narrowed it down to but we we have fun with every story ever on war rocket ajax so Yes. Definitely. I, I feel like, um, at, which is funny with the ranking system thing, because I feel like on um, Rank and Vile, when I look at our list, it's sort of like a child that's mutated into a man I don't fully understand. Um, and like, you, you, you love this list because you, you know, you made it, but then you're sort of like, this is all, this is all fucked up. It's all gone pear-shaped. Yeah, th- I was looking at your list and I don't want to, like, I did, you made the mistake of, of sharing it as a document with me and giving me the ability to comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no i haven't well my main yet. comment is i think there's a problem oh, with God. your like i think there might be a glitch in, in here or something because you have uh phantasm is at number 17 and alien is at number one instead of the other way around look that is <laughs> that is your buddy matt wilson that was part of that decision so oh. take it up with your co-host if you have a problem <laughs> uh Phantasm is the only movie this in this top twenty that has the tall man in it, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's yeah. I, especially with with Alien at number one, I think I think that was um, we in 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 twenty three episodes of this podcast we we set Alien as number one on the first episode, and we've yet to topple it with anything. Yet. Which is really because we've just put better movies under it. So, like, it's untouchable because you've got yeah, a, right. we've made a top 20 with Phantasm and uh, Mulholland Drive and Scream and The Bride of Frankenstein and Alien. So it's just untouchable. You've, you've got a weird list. list here. Like, the Every Story Ever list is is weird because we end up having to rank, like, the first seven issues of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles against Understanding Comics. Like, not really something that you're that anyone is equipped to do. But you've got a really... Uh, right. This is the first time I've really looked at the list. Uh, this You've got a lot of... you got a very interesting definition of horror. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my favorite is the um, the DVD full of uh, Undertaker matches. Yeah, and, where and he the FMW people alive. <laughs> exploding barbed wire uh, match? Or the, the IWA? Have you watched it? It's yep. it's Leatherface murdering a man. Well, it's two Leatherfaces. It's two leather Leatherfaces murdering people. And if you'd cut the audio out, it is a snuff film. I am genuinely surprised that Sleepaway Camp is as low as it is. 
but I have not. Well, I have not seen it. I have only. I have only experienced it through the discourse. Oh, uh, well. Uh, 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 hashtag the discourse, which I and actually hashtag the discourse is sort of why we put it at the bottom of the list because sort of the the transphobia of it is kind of like I I feel like this caused actual real world yeah, harm you know in a way I'm fair. not totally cool with so. That's a, yeah. a, 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 and also yeah. from like a writing standpoint, it literally is a surprise ending with no hint at all. It's just like, let's put this crazy go nuts ending that has no tie to the rest of the film in it. So like, you know, if this was in a writing, a college writing workshop, everyone would say piss up a rope. That's a bad ending <laughs> to a movie. You can't do that. That's what I'm in college. Uh, yeah. This is what's interesting to me. About this list, uh, and I, I love the I love the bizarre definition that you are working from. There are oh, so yeah. many movies on this list that I would not consider to be horror movies, and not just like Undertaker, he buries them alive, uh, <laughs> or, or 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 I mean, like I would like American Psycho, like I wouldn't necessarily consider to be a horror movie as much as kind of a, a thriller, but. But, right. I, which and and actually, I, I feel like the uh, the thriller versus horror. Th- I mean, like, and, and then there, are, yeah, movies like Blue Ruin, where you're like, is that is that horror? I have had. Uh, I, and it, I, or, sorry, go ahead. Well, that's just what I've kind of done. Is if IMDb has the horror tag on it, it can go on this list. If a, another horror blog has covered it it can go on this list. Like Rocky like Horror Low Picture Life. Show, I don't think it's in any, in any way a horror movie. <laughs> but but Chris, they the literally title. eat a man. <laughs> they murder a Frank... They make a Frankenstein. A man tries to interfere with that Frankenstein, is killed with an axe pick, and then is served for dinner, and they eat him before they realize that it's a man. So does that make Weird Science a horror movie? Yeah, they make Weird a Frankenstein Science is Weird definitely Science. a horror movie. Does that mean Weird uh, Science, the USA yeah, original television show, is a horror movie? Is this getting really esoteric? <laughs> in this? But here's... We will now rank the entire USA original series Weird Science. I have, yeah. I have yeah. honest to God, a podcast I have wanted to do, but I haven't, is I have guests on who don't watch USA original programming, but they do watch Monday Night Raw. <laughs> And so they like we try to figure out what white collar is, <laughs> or or suits, that, or yes. Chrisley knows best. Like we're just trying, just from what we know from the commercial breaks on Raw, what USA original programming is. Um, but what does he do that they have a television? That what like what is his? See, this is this is this is the sub podcast <laughs> that you guys are doing now. <laughs> Like right. we're in the Chrisley corner. My number one question, like yeah. the question that would lead off episode one, what does Chris Chrisley do for a living? Because I don't know. And he could be. I don't either. And I've watched right now, it. If you told me right now, Chris Chrisley is an astronaut. I would be like, yeah, okay. I don't know. I have no way to, to, to counter that knowledge. He's a real estate developer. So he made all of his money in the real estate boom. And, like, so he doesn't have to work. He just stays at home. And he's a Georgia real estate mogul. Well, as we all know, everyone so like, their money in real estate is trustworthy. So give him all yeah, TV yeah, shows exactly. and hope for right. the best. 
Yeah, and and I don't mean to slander because apparently he has addressed uh, rumors of his sexuality a lot, and he says no. He's just a very uh, metro dude with like three generations of kids. He's got like adult children, eighteen year old children, and like a ten year old all in the same house, and like the shitbag 17 18 year old boy like he actually says in an episode like that boy would fuck a snake if it would stay still long enough except they bleeped <laughs> right. it out and like yeah anyway it's just rich people being bad people uh which and and, and actually speaking of usa uh and funny bleepings i think my favorite ever have i told you about my favorite ever bleeping on a horror movie on us please tell me about that um on child's play 3 uh, which is the one where Andy Barkley goes to military camp and Chucky follows in hilarity ensues. But there's a moment in there where the uh, the leader of uh, Andy Barkley's platoon, who's this like mean looking kid, um, he confiscates the Chucky doll because he's like, bah, why are you bringing this doll to camp? And then he puts it in his room. Um, and then the doll goes missing because Chucky runs away to go kill somebody or whatever. And he br- he bursts into Andy's room and yells on the USA Network, "Where's the fancy doll?" Um, so where where's the fancy doll? I think is is my favorite uh, uh, save for TV. Well, I, this might this might get us th- look this this might get us back to me. To, to, to talk about <laughs> I looked at your show notes and I know that this is a thing you want to talk about. Um, but looking at your list, I and I want to preface this by saying I'm wrong. Like, I, I know that I am incorrect in this, but I don't actually consider Alien to be a horror movie. Like, because really? it's not scary to me. Whoa. That, you, you sir, are an anomaly. I think that's the first person I've ever heard say that. Wow. They didn't well, wait, we're talking about singular like, 1979 Alien. Not Aliens, not Alien 3. Original Alien is not scary to you. It's 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 tense, but i i don't oh, care, like I don't consider it to be scary in the way that like I get like because I am extremely easily manipulated by movies. <laughs> um, oh sure, I Same. am. I like it took me until I was an adult to not be terrified of the idea of child's play. For instance, uh, I have still never watched right. like a Nightmare on Elm Street or a, a Friday the Thirteenth movie. I have watched Never Sleep Again, which is very very good. Uh, oh, I love that yeah. documentary. But I watched Alien and had no problem. Like I thought it was I thought it was good, but it it, it didn't strike me as a horror movie. And I think and and this might this is definitely going to come back. I think the more genres that a thing touches on. If there's another like primary genre, I think that in my head makes me less scared of it. Because like Alien, I just I, I see as a sci-fi movie. Uh, ah. I, so if 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 the same movie had taken place in a factory, would that would would it feel more like a horror movie if it wasn't space truckers? Yeah, I, I think so. Like if if the the same you know like gross stuff and, and horrible murders had taken place. I, I think it would probably scare me in a different context, but because I can like distance myself and because like, I don't actually, I don't think the aliens are like a scary design. <laughs> like the, I think the, like the aliens, the HR Giger aliens do not ever get credit for being as hilariously silly as they are. But, 
I mean, they do look they like look big like dongs. giant dogs. That's, first of giant, all, they're shiny dogs. Right, big shiny dogs in space. Yeah. See, I'm just not. I'm. I want you to know that I'm silent for two reasons. One, because I'm just filling the Skype chat with pictures of Chris Christie. <laughs> Chris Lee, different guy. Yes. Oh, which, you're right. You're right. Important. Thank you. Very important distinction. Uh, also, mm-hmm. I'm just like without words for the fact that you do not find this thing that I find really fucking scary not scary. But <laughs> no, yeah, I'm I'm kind of nonplussed. Like I, well, well, goddamn, you're not afraid of alien. Because like I think alien for me is so like this viscerally scary in in a, a way that like I've seen it probably more than I've seen any other movie and it still gives me the deep down heebie-jeebies. And I think that's why so many movies on this list that aren't traditionally horror movies are on it because like assault, sexual assault gives me the straight up heebie-jeebies where my stomach hurts. So, you know, all of these movies like Audition and um, Hounds of Love and um, stuff are on here because they are terrifying and just like a horror movie where i yell don't open the closet door like you know the girl walking down the street and the car pulls up i say you know run fucking run and that's why it is scary and i dare say scarier because it's real life but yeah the list is thrillers in anything that's horror or horror adjacent yeah like no i would i would never tell you (laughs) alien should not be on your list of horror movies i just like yeah i recognize like I tell people that I like a, I didn't think Alien was scary, and they look at me like I have lobsters crawling <laughs> out of my ears. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 sort of like being like I I didn't think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was that weird or disturbing. I mean, it was pretty straightforward. Well, it's it, it, to give you an idea of how I'm calibrated. Uh, back when the MTV mm-hmm. Movie Awards were a joke. Because I don't like I don't know if anybody remembers that like they didn't used to be like serious it used to be like a fucking joke and everybody was in on it. Oh, I I think of the Metallica uh, losing to Jethro Tull incident. Well, on the movie awards they gave Jason Voorhees a lifetime achievement award, and I remember being a kid <laughs> and they just had like a montage and I feel like it was set to like My Way or something, and it was oh, just like goofy yeah, that's what like you want, goofy kills from uh from Friday the 13th movies. And one of them like he, you know, stuffs a lady in a duffel bag and like swings her at a tree. Oh, at a tree. Yeah, the the, the sleeping bag yeah, yeah. kill. That terrifies me. Like that gave me <laughs> nightmares. Like that weird goofy montage that I wasn't expecting of of Friday the 13th murders. Uh like that I, I had nightmares about Alien. I was fine. Also, incidentally, Jason X. I was yeah. also fine. That movie rules. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> so there's, an, there's an equation there. If you add space to the thing, it's not. Yeah, scary. I, I honestly think that's it. Like, I mean, and I haven't. You know, I the the there's the running joke on the War Rocket Ajax podcast is that I like scary movies are the thing I don't like. Like, I will ask Matt, Matt, what do I not like? And the answer is always scary movies. So I don't, like, dip my toes into, like, an Event Horizon or anything. Like, uh... Oh, I see, I was thinking about Event Horizon with, like... I mean, I I think of Event Horizon as a horror movie, but then... See now, now you've now you've infected me because I'm like, well, I mean, is it more is it more sci-fi than? Horror? It is the best Warhammer Forty Thousand movie ever made. <laughs> 
Because it's literally, yes. hey, what happens if you warp through time and space? Oh, actual Christian hell comes out. Literal Judeo-Christian <laughs> hell. That's what that's what you get in space. Yeah. Um, I, I think of um, what my girlfriend always says about any movie set in space, which is, has there ever been a movie set in space that wasn't stressful? <laughs> Like it's it's always there's there's things it's oh you're in space and it's 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 yeah it's just watch space just watch the data's day episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation the least stressful science fiction oh, there ever. We go. <laughs> yes, or or uh, I when I think of least least stressful Star Trek episode, usually I think it's the um, what was it episode two of season one where everybody gets drunk. Oh yeah, that's yeah yeah. The naked now. Yeah, I think? that's. That's a good one. Yep. It's a little bit stressful that they almost blow up the warp core. That is yes, that they're they're yes. They yeah, they had a, a few too many and then uh, yeah, the, the ship might explode in space, which is stressful, but I think you're so busy um, with Data's sex life that you kind of eh ah, you know, that'll be Weirdly good. enough so Chris... I'm also super into Phantasm, but I don't like <laughs> my my calibration for what actually scares me is all over the map. So. Well, and Phantasm is very science fiction-esque, and especially the, the later films in the series become more like action movies than uh, straight-up horror. Oh yeah, the second a guy well, pulls out a, science a four-barrel because... shotgun, it is no longer a horror movie at that point. You know, that speaking of, <laughs> yeah. of USA Network, that was one of my uh, earliest memories of Phantasm, is just changing, flipping channels and seeing a four-barrel shotgun and saying, this movie's for me, and stopping and watching the rest of it. Yeah, the second nunchucks exist that and Phantasm... in a, uh, a continuity, <laughs> it is no longer and, a horror movie. And Phantasm... Well, and Phantasm also has the literal scene where they just rip off Dune with put your hand in the box. So I think that qualifies as sci-fi. Yeah. So, Chris, tell uh, tell our listeners how uh, you and your co-writer Chad Bowers came up with the best idea in comics, which is sending Ash from Army of Darkness back to high school. Uh, believe it or not, that was something that came up in the conversation with our editors. Um there's stuff coming up in the book that was kind of where we started. Like, we, we pitched a couple of different takes on Army of Darkness. And uh, the hardest part is that there have been Army of Darkness comics for 10 years at Dynamite. Like, yeah. there's, it's the <laughs> oldest license. I think it was their first comic. Uh, and th- he's he's done everything. Like, we were, we were talking, and we're like, okay, so do... Like, maybe we bring back Bad Ash. And it's like, no, Bad Ash has come back before. Like, okay, well, maybe... Maybe Linda comes back? No, Linda's Linda's already come back before they've done that story. Like, well, what if the Necronomicon is like a guy and he's walking around? Nope, nope, that's been done. So <laughs> it becomes this thing where you have to figure out a new situation, like a new situation to play in the background. And we came up with something that you're actually going to start seeing. Um, there's a little bit of it in number one. Number two is where it really starts ramping up. But... Uh, we were talking to our editors at Dynamite, uh, Kevin Kettner and Anthony Marquez, and they were like, "Oh, you know, it, it like we were thinking it'd be really fun if like Ash did. Oh, I don't know, like like Ash is a substitute teacher." And we were like, "Okay, yeah, Ash is a substitute teacher. That's the perfect background for what we want to do, because it let us it let us tie what we wanted to do to the end of the movie, because you you know right. the the there's very few unanswered questions in that movie, and one of them is like, okay, well." Who was the lady at the store? Like, how did she get, like, is it just that that Ash said the words wrong and so the evil followed him back? And why did it go for her? 
you know, like, so we kind of got to play with that idea. Um, and our solution was, you know, oh, she's the librarian at the local high school and you don't get to keep your job after you shoot someone 27 times in the store. <laughs> That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So it, it all, it all really worked together. Um, but yeah, that, that was an editorial suggestion as a way to kind of get from the end of the movie to the kind of twist that we wanted to tell with Ash. But like I, I fully see it as like like this. This is the next thing he does, which is a, t- a tough thing to pull off when so many people and honestly, like really good teams have, have tackled that same story. So, and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Ash has had crossovers with Reanimator and Hack and Slash. Uh, he's crossover with Reanimator, uh, Hack Slash, uh, Xena Warrior Princess twice. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, he had like uh, President Obama was in. Uh, oh, there was sure. one called Ash Saves Obama back in 2008. Uh, I, I think those are the big crossover. Oh, and 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 Freddy versus Jason versus Ash was the was another the big one. I was gonna say that, that, that I think that's the only uh, Evil Dead comic I've actually read was uh, Freddy versus Jason. Well, versus I can Ash. tell you, I can tell you, they're not Evil Dead comics. They're Army of Darkness comics specifically. <laughs> Because oh, yeah. believe it or not, uh, one of the weird quirks of those movies is they're two different licenses. Yes. What? Like, and and well, and and also in terms of like everything about the tone and subject matter, it's it, they they almost might as well not even be the same character named Ash Williams. Yeah. Okay, this this is so fascinating, and now I just want you to to I don't want you to tell me the factual legal definition, Chris. I want you to no prize tell me why Evil Dead and Army of Darkness should be distinct properties. Well, I mean, like, uh, like j- just, I mean, just to, to be upfront with it, um, Dynamite has the license for Army of Darkness. There's another company called Space Goat Productions. They have the rights to Evil Dead, and they're putting out comics now that I think are very different in tone. And I, I've, I've read a couple of them, but I kind of I kind of had to stop reading them because I thought it was weird to be reading such a similar thing. You know, like I, I actually enjoyed them and, and I thought they were good. So I don't want to don't want to slag them off or, or act like they're bad or anything. It's just that like I was like, mm, I probably should be reading other people's <laughs> Evil Dead Ash comics when we're trying to write this Army of Darkness Ash comic. Well, yeah, it's just like I, I've recused myself from horror podcasts that talk about the movies we're about to record yeah, about because exactly. I don't want to steal a joke or a, a comment from somebody else. Yeah, it, by you don't want to you don't want to sponge it up and 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 dip back in. Um, but in terms of why they should be, I, I mean, I think I think you're exactly right. Like the tonal shift, not not just from like Evil Dead to Army of Darkness, but even Evil Dead too. There's such a tonal shift into Army of Darkness where it's it's a it's in a different genre. Like it's it's honestly barely a horror movie. I watched it tonight uh, again, you know, just to, so that I could oh, yeah. make sure to have uh, some fun stuff to talk about. And it's it's Looney Tunes. You know, yeah. it's it, like, it is <laughs> I always describe it as like a horror action comedy, and that's wrong. It's a comedy then a oh, big yeah. space, then an action, and then, like, in tiny letters, horror. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, I, I realized that only, uh, I think only Bruce Campbell could get, could possibly get away with 
the lines he has in this movie because I think if any other actor tried saying "Baby, you got real ugly" or any of the th- any of his like big iconic lines from this, it would fall real flat. But because it's Bruce Campbell and he sells it perfectly, it we it's great. Well, I was oh, always... they still make me cringe. Like I think in a modern viewing of this, and, and I think the reason is because. I think back to me in seventh grade thinking that Ash was the coolest guy around. Yes, and it, and, and it messes oh, you no. up for life. Yeah, yeah. I see. I didn't see. I didn't see Army of Darkness until I was uh, in late high school, and I think my understanding of um, Ash when I saw Army of Darkness was that he's basically like uh, Jack Burton in um, Big Trouble in Little China, where he's like. This doofus thinks he's the hero, and he's actually just a fucking doofus. Well, except that, except that, you know, Dennis Dunn is the hero in in Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, Ash right. actually is the hero. Ah, he's that's just true. Also, that is like, the, he's also a huge blowhard. But I, I was talking to my wife tonight. Oh yeah, and I mentioned um, that Army of Darkness is in that same strata, and the kind of brilliance of it, honestly. It's in the same strata as Batman 66, where you watch it as a kid and you don't realize that Ash isn't a, a person you should be emulating at every opportunity. <laughs> right. He, he's like, right, right. He's he's the guy that fucks up the incantation. Yeah, you watch it he, and you're like, oh, this guy's just cool. This guy's a like quick-witted, sarcastic, you know, like, badass... You kind of forget the parts where he's like, Henry, tell him tell him you don't know me. I've never even met these assholes before. And then when you return to it as an adult, you're like, oh, Ash is a fuck up and a blowhard. But that makes you kind of like yes. him more. Yeah, I, I it's um, Ash versus Evil Dead. Honestly, that series, I was expecting it to be um, a total poop cookie. And it is just fucking delightful. Oh, yeah, it's super to me. fun. It's it's a it's a greasy cheeseburger of a show. It's it's exactly what I wanted out of it. Yeah, um, and I think there's a way like the way that I think you have to look at that if you're you're writing the character, because I don't like I don't think anybody who's coming to an Army of Darkness comic wants a comic about how Ash is a shitty dude, even though he kind of is. <laughs> but right. the, and and I said this in an interview like really early on. If you look at what he goes through, you you know like literal. Like, literal chosen one uh, zombie magic, like ancient magic, is targeting him mm-hmm. specifically to ruin his life. Uh, you know, it, it's in, in our in our um, comic, like we make a reference to like the idea that Ash was going to propose to Linda at the cabin before everything went down. Right. Um, it tears his life up. The evil gets inside of him. He has to cut off his own hand. He gets trapped in the path, like, in 1300 AD. And, like, the first thing that he's in, like, he's put in stocks, whipped, and thrown in an oubliette with a zombie that wants to eat him. Right. With a deadite. Uh, if you look at him going through all that, all the bravado and all the blowhard and all the, the just being a dick and, like, putting up those walls becomes really easy to see as a defense mechanism. Like, instead of running away, he's oh, just yeah. going to build up a wall. 
Exactly, because all that braggadocio is how he's going to get through this, because the guy is a shit magnet from Jump Street. And I think that was my biggest problem with this rewatching, is how he treats Sheila. But if you think of it as, like, a, he's still in love with Linda, and it's like, because it's literally, like, the next week after he's had to saw his girlfriend up and bury her in the backyard, of course he's going to treat her as this, like, you know, flippant, stay away, I'm no, I'm a bad boy, I'm a loner, I'm a rebel, don't get with me. Like, it kind of makes sense. I think it's still crappy of him as a person, but I get his motivation more. So where do we want to put Army of Darkness on our list? I, I think that depends entirely, like, the, the, one of the questions you had written in the show notes was, is it better than Evil Dead 2? And honestly, that depends entirely exactly. on what yeah. kind of movie you want to watch. So, uh, if we're yeah. looking at our list and we're thinking of it as like, go in this order. Like, if you were to watch horror movies and you just want to see the very best, and then once you get to Undertaker, stop watching and don't watch <laughs> below that, then... I don't think this would go in the... Evil Dead 2 is number 8. I don't think this goes in the top 10 anymore. Yeah. I mean, look. I like it more than I like Evil Dead 2. Like, Army of Darkness is far and away my favorite of those three movies. It's... If you want a horror movie, it's not. Like, it's... I the the thing I had forgotten about until I watched it again tonight. Um, this isn't just a movie where the the climactic battle ends with the the bad guy getting catapulted with a bag of gunpowder into the sky and exploding. It is, <laughs> but it's a movie that right. that happens. And when the bad guy realizes he's about to be catapulted, the top of his head comes up and makes a train whistle noise. <laughs> And actually, now that I think about it, I'm surprised that Army of Darkness never got a kids' TV series cartoon. The way, like, I feel like back in the day, you would get, like, RoboCop, the kids' series, and, you know, Toxic Crusaders, and Tales from the Crypt. And... Right. We got Skeleton Warriors. We Can should have gotten Army hey, of Darkness. Some Ghostbusters figures that you, like, squeeze their legs and Egon freaks out, but it's like a fucking Bruce Campbell. Like, it'd be great. It'd be fantastic. I mean, that's... Bruce Campbell does that with his regular face. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It, it it would be so easy to do in market. I'm, I'm now that I think about it, what were they possibly thinking? It would have been great. So if Funko or whoever has that license is listening, get on that. We would buy. You can have that idea. I, I love I'm this say. Movie, but it is like, it's if it's been a while since you've seen it, I'll guarantee it's sillier than you remember. And if you remember it being pretty silly, it's still sillier than you remember. <laughs> yep. I will say, um, Greg Nicotero did the special effects for this movie, and uh, they hold up pretty well. Especially oh, I because... love all the, all the stop motion skeletons yeah. and all the like the makeup and practical effects. They're so good. Yeah, it's very like intentionally Ray Harryhausen, and it still looks really good. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I was watching Star Wars episode, a clip from Star Wars Episode One where they replaced all the lightsaber noises with Owen Wilson saying "Wow," and uh, wow. that movie for supposedly, yeah, that movie for supposedly looking so good looks like hot trash now because of all of the CG that was added right. in that, all of that. Yeah. 
early 2000s. So if Army of Darkness... See, I would say it is... I like Evil Dead 2 better because I like how messy Evil Dead mm-hmm. 2 gets. Just the sheer gallons of gore that are dumped on him. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the best thing about Evil Dead 2 by far. That and the and the like physical comedy of Ash fighting his own hand. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, so Bruce good. Campbell is a is a comedic genius. He's he's so good at physical comedy. Yeah. And the fact that they that uh, uh, what's what's her name in the root cellar? Mm-hmm. Uh, Eleanor is that uh, Professor yeah, Nobody's wife? Yeah. That's Ted Raimi. <laughs> yep. In there. What? <laughs> yeah, that's Ted Raimi uh, in that giant uh, foam rubber suit, uh, getting swung around on wires as Eleanor. Which kind of uh, adds to the feeling of sort of overall, like, they're a bunch of nice Michigan boys making movies with their friends yeah. sort of thing. And I feel like, in that way, Evil Dead 2 it edges out Army of Darkness because it maintains a lot of that fun silliness. Because, you know, literally all of the, you know, a, an eyeball gets launched down a girl's throat and, you know, she struggles sure. with that. And um, whereas Army of Darkness is a little bit, more so evil dead has the silly moments but it is also legitimately scary in places and i think army of darkness just is funny and a really enjoyable movie also i love that the full last 30 minutes is a battle yeah army of darkness is never scary yeah never once it's atmospheric but it is never scary uh i got i got a hard floor and a hard ceiling for you excellent what do you got uh, my ceiling, because in terms of horror movies, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think Army of Darkness is better than Phantasm. I was gonna I, that was gonna be my first question. I was like, all right, how does it, how does this stack up against uh, the movie that, by all rights, should be at number one? Yeah, it's not better than Phantasm. Floor, there is no way this movie is worse than the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that is a fact. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Rocky Horror hater, but if this movie goes below Rocky Horror Picture Show, I will walk. <laughs> Yeah, just straight up, you're gone. No, I was thinking that too. Like, I think that I I really like Rocky Horror, but in tenu- in terms of tenuous grasp to the format of this podcast, I think Army of Darkness is definitely more horror than Rocky Horror Picture Show, even though Rocky Horror Picture Show has horror in the title. Uh, so now we have created the awful scenario where we have to talk about audition and Army of Darkness in the same mm. discussion. No, I don't. I don't know audition. So, uh, oh, how good, do you feel good. about Excellent. needles and eyeballs, Chris? I mean, not positive. <laughs> not 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 great. Not great. Yeah, that's that's not going to get us strongly agree. <laughs> if that's what you're looking for. Zero out of ten. I see. Here's here's the thing. I think I would put audition above Army of Darkness because I think Army of Darkness. Um, I, obviously, it's like a big part of like pop culture and also nerd culture and just sort of like weird. I don't know. I, it, it's great, but also I think audition occupies a place where when somebody mentions audition, my brain sort of goes, "Oh Christ! All right, let's talk about audition in a way that." You know, you talk about Army of Darkness, and it's kind of like, oh shit, Army of Darkness, and you get really excited about it. Okay, let's put it to this test. It's the first day of college. You're moving into your dorm room, and you meet two guys in the quad. One is wearing an audition t-shirt, 
and one is wearing an Army of Darkness t-shirt. Who do you eat dinner with? Ooh, probably Army of Darkness guy. Yeah, uh, that's the wrong answer because that's what happened the first day of college, and that guy was crazy. Oh, wait, was that Mark? Redacted. Dude, damn it, Ryan. You can't say people's names like that on a podcast like this. <laughs> What was that? That was yeah. You you named him, yeah. so now you're gonna have to bleep his name out. <laughs> Absolutely, I will redacted. Yeah. You mean redacted? Yeah, yeah, redacted. <laughs> exactly, redacted. So the who always hang out with had who custom likes... vampire fangs, and he wore them every day of the year, <laughs> and walked around doing drum solos in the air um, while going to class. Yeah. Uh, so between so the, the moral here is always just hang out with the guy that has an audition T-shirt, I guess. I guess. So anyway, coming into the new number twenty is going to be Army of Darkness. Uh, Chris, do you remember that time that Dracula uh, came back to England in the crazy nineteen seventies? Uh, yeah, I believe that was nineteen seventy two A.D. Nineteen seventy two A.D. The time was now. The place was Kings Road, Chelsea. The killer was Count Dracula. So, while watching multiple Hammer horror movies in prep for this podcast, um, do you think that the people at Hammer have a horse and carriage fetish? I think they have. I think they have a horse and carriage. <laughs> and they're like, and it's one go, of their five. Problems. We gotta and use God it in it, every movie. They're gonna get. Yeah, they're going to get it done. Um, if we're ranking just on posters, this is number one. This is the... It's Army of Darkness, a close number two. Dracula 80, 1972, a strong number one for that kick-ass car and that chalice and these three babes and then a vaguely Christopher Lee-looking Dracula. But counterpoint... Yeah, he mostly... He looks like... He sort of looks like a, 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 an anthrop... Like a human version of um, the Count from Sesame Street on the poster. He looks like if the three of us were each going to, in turn, do the, la- the last shot from the Thriller video. <laughs> But counterpoint, and you can yeah, he looks all like of his, those into one picture. He looks like a sneaky potato. Like he, he's just sort of in the corner watching. <laughs> sneaky potato. He, he looks like someone said said, "Hey, uh, what did that what did that raccoon that was going through the trash <laughs> like look like?" <laughs> okay, but counterpoint, the taste the blood of Dracula tagline is drink a pint of blood a day. I mean, that's oddly specific. That's because you can't, you can't give a tagline to a movie with the title taste the blood of dracula <laughs> it is its own tagline hey i feel like it's just taste the blood of dracula tagline do it so the the, the best uh Dra- hammer dracula tagline is uh I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna throw the tagline out see if you know the movie the tagline is obviously <laughs> um i got nothing which which one is that uh, that is the tagline of Dracula has risen from the grave. <laughs> God, I love Hammer horror films. They they were they were I think they'd run through them. They'd run through them at that point. The the poster is amazing. Like it's one of my favorites because it's just it's so sleazy. It's oh oh that's even worse than than. Um, Dracula AD 1972. Right. Dracula gets busy. 
that's what that face means. That's 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 what that expression is. Yeah, he gets down. So, um, Ryan, have you watched Hammer movies before this? Oh, oh, I've I've that's what I watched as a kid. Really, was Hammer horror? Yes, that's wonderful. It and and the thing is, like, I would I I feel like it, again, I've got this theory that if you've seen one hammer horror movie featuring christopher lee as dracula you have seen every single hammer horror movie with christopher lee like, i i think they, that's i think that's almost accurate well I, they get worse certainly well the, mm, i i don't know like here okay if you have seen horror of dracula mm-hmm. right the the which is the known in england as dracula um right. then you've basically seen the, most of the beats but by the time you get to the Taste the Blood of Dracula in 1970 uh, and Dracula 80 in 1972, those movies are weird. And yeah. they're weird in the way oh, that yeah. they're like, okay, this is our sixth movie about Dracula. What are we doing? <laughs> yes, and apparently um, Taste the Blood of Dracula was one of four Dracula Hammer horror movies that Christopher Lee did in 1972. <laughs> That's why at the end he just doesn't give a shit. You could tell. Oh, fuck it. He's just oh, like, he's, I don't he's care. phoning this in from his hotel room. He doesn't want to. They had to, like, sweet talk him into doing Taste the Blood of Dracula yeah, because he I was mean, the, so tired. The original draft of Taste the Blood of Dracula doesn't have Dracula in it. It's all about, <laughs> like, it's literally all about the dude who's going around, uh, Lord Courtly, who's going around, like, grinding up the blood of Dracula and getting rich dudes to drink it. Because. Right. People want their thrills. Can we all agree that if you're hanging around and some dude, whether it's 1972 or 1872, walks up to you and says, hey, you want to do a black mass and see if Dracula shows up? You just say, no, thank you, and move on. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Why would you not do that? (laughs) Well, I think from watching these movies, because everyone dies... Well, well th- I mean, yeah, but look, we all got to go sometime, and this was like, this is, I mean, this movie, it looks like, are we talking about, we're talking about Taste the Blood now, right? We're talking I about, we're talking about I Taste think the they're Blood, interchangeable, yeah. really. One's in 72, Ta- one's in the 1800s, but both basically had the same plot. Yeah, Taste the Blood is set in, like, 1899 or whatever. It might as well be set in 1971. <laughs> Right. Well, There's and, an extended also, uh, sexy 70s lady dancing with a snake sequence in this movie. Yes. Which Always is important. great. Everybody's got cool ass 70s hair. It's got that one. Uh, God, he was. Uh, that dude was straight up uh, Violet Beauregard's father, I believe. Oh. In Willow. Oh, Wonka. yeah. yeah. And, and actually, everybody's hair uh, in circa 1972 in these movies, it's sort of like. You remember, like, uh, you've, you've seen pictures back in the day when, like, you know, you'd have sort of like trucker country guys who like Johnny Cash and Conway Twitty and all these guys that had like pompadours and then around the early 70s they all got their hair permed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's what's up that's that's everybody in these movies I feel like if you took Dracula 80 1972 and Taste the Blood of Dracula and edited them together they would make one perfect movie but by themselves they have their strengths and weaknesses yeah, I mean they're my two favorites of the Hammers, and I, and I love the Hammers. Um, I I think it is it is criminal to me 
and I say this as, as a as a Dracula fan, mm-hmm. uh, it is criminal to me that the Universal Dracula is more well known than the Hammer Draculas. It's shocking. Oh, I, yeah, I, I would agree. Actually, like there there was exactly one good performance by Bela Lugosi, and actually Bela Lugosi, I this is gonna sound. Uh, apocryphal, but I think his performance as Dracula is kind of overrated and was good because they shined a pen light in his eyes off camera and it made him look cooler than he was. He's not bad, and that movie is not bad, mm-hmm. but it's not great, and it's it's not it's neither great nor awesome. Right, and right. the Lee Draculas are either great or awesome. Very yeah, rarely both. It- well, and, and with Christopher Lee Dracula's, first of all, a lot of these movies feature a lot of members of the Galactic Empire in prominent roles because you've got <laughs> Peter Cushing and then you've got um, the peer pressuring people into drinking blood guy from uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula. Wasn't he the guy that got uh, force choked in A New Hope? I think he is. I think that's him. I want to say that's the same guy. Another tangent, because that's what the show is actually all about. Uh, my favorite thing about Star Wars is that it's canonical that everyone in the Star Wars universe has 1970s sideburns. <laughs> yes. As as they also have in the Hammer Horror movies. Yes. Um, and, and honestly, like, Taste the Blood of Dracula, it there is it is just fucking crazy. There's there, there's a lot happening in Taste the Blood of Dracula. And honestly, Christopher Lee, not in it a whole lot. Like, he's obviously, he's Dracula, so he's hanging out. But yeah, you can tell that this is primarily a movie about peer pressure blood guy, and yeah. not so much Dracula. Lord Courtly. Uh, yeah, the Courtley. thing I love about Taste the Blood of Dracula is that, A, it's... I, I mean, the, the Patton Oswalt bit about how Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the best movie title in, the, in, like, in history. <laughs> right. Because it, like... Because you have seen that movie as soon as you hear that title. Like, I, I feel that way. Like, I, I think a lot about, like, those movie titles that are just so perfect that they almost negate the need for a movie. Like, Shogun right. Assassin 2, Lightning Swords of Death is, like, you don't <laughs> Legend of need the seven to golden see vampires. it. Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. You definitely don't need to see that one. Okay. Taste the Blood of Dracula is such an evocative title. And the thing about this movie is, the motherfuckers do it. They, <laughs> they do. They, they taste it, the this, blood of this Dracula in this movie. On the premise. And they literally say, that's the blood of Dracula, before they taste it. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you announce that? So, like, the the idea of this movie being that, like, Lord Courtly uh, gets hold of some powdered blood of Dracula from Violet Beauregard's father. <laughs> right. And then he invites some rich dudes uh, to go to go drink it with him in a black mass, and the rich dudes flip out and beat him with their canes. But he has drunk the blood of Dracula, so he, then he turns into Dracula, which is fucking dope. Which so my question is, if um like half a dozen people drink the blood of Dracula, do we get six Draculas? God, I hope so. That would be the best Hammer movie. Yes, I, the Legend of the Six Draculas, and they've all got to do kung fu moves, and it would well, and, and also with uh, Christopher Lee's performance in Taste the Blood of Dracula, they keep doing these close-ups on his eyes because I feel like first of all that's a huge thing in Hammer Horror anyway is like we really need you to look into um, Christopher Lee's pretty brown eyes, but in this movie, like I feel like they keep doing it when they don't know what else to put on screen. 
like they're just kind of and close up on eyes because he's magnetic and then it, it, it's never i don't know i never feel like they know why they're zooming in on his eyes well it's because they're fucked up he's either crying blood or they're like blood red because he's biting someone <laughs> Look, it's fucked up, whatever's going on. Also, with the sheer amount of cleavage, it's like they have they kind of, you know, have nothing left to pan to. It's like, you know, all of the dresses reveal so much. So, like, and eyes, I guess. <laughs> Pro body parts, definitely. Uh, full disclosure, I love Taste of Blood, Blood of Dracula, but it doesn't have seven Kung Fu brothers and one Kung Fu sister in it. That's true, it doesn't. Yeah, but, but, but... That movie is not as good as that premise. That's Taste true. of Blood of Dracula is as good as its premise. That's very true. Mm, that's, yep. God, I really, really want that Drink a Pint of Blood a Day poster I'm looking at right now. Yo, there's a shirt. Looks like a Someone happy made a shirt that has that on the back. I don't know well, where it is happy. online, and if anyone wants to, you know... Let us know on Twitter, shout us out, and help us find that again. Or, you know, we can just Google it, but, I, you know. I'm sure uh, I'm sure all of you listening, and you too, I'm sure, know the apocryphal story about Christopher Lee refusing to speak dialogue that he deemed to be stupid. <laughs> right. And that is why I, I, honest to God, am not sure if he says one word out loud in this movie. <laughs> He says, like, number two. Like, that's number two, and that's number three. And, like, I think he also said, they killed my servant. And that's, like, it. I mean, now that I think about it, the dialogue from the other characters in Taste the Blood of Dracula, it's not bad. I think a lot of of it is just sort of banter with the lads, where it's a bunch of... it's, It's very, very homosocial. Where you've got a lot of guys hanging out trying to encourage each other to do various things. Um, and you've got mostly weird, you know, Lord Courtley sort of, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like his dialogue is pretty good because he looks like a weird little creep. Uh, Ryan, counterpoint, let me point you to our show notes where I have the direct quote. He's a young man and you're a young woman. A sexual young woman. <laughs> Well, goddammit, I, I must have missed that line, because, well, although actually, no, that's, d- d- do they put a lot of emphasis on a sexual young woman? I, I do believe so. Um, I, I admit I stopped writing the dialogue down because I got, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. sucked into the movie, so I only wrote two sure. quotes. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, he's, you know, talking to his daughter, and he's like, you can't go out because... You, that's yeah, where sex. That's happens. where sex happens. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you do you have a a favorite moment in a Dracula movie? I definitely know my favorite moment from a Dracula movie, which is from the original uh, Bela Lugosi one, which is uh, Renfield is hanging out in the cargo hold with the rats, and he's so earnest in this moment with with Dracula, where he's you know obviously totally beholden to him, and he's just like. Yeah, Dracula, I, you know, I'm your guy and I'll follow you to, I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. You and me, buddy. It's you and me. And then Bella Lugosi Dracula literally just says nothing and kind of looks away into the middle distance and there's like a 2-second pause and then it cuts to the next scene. I really like from the same Todd Browning movie, the guys in the Transylvanian village, the guy that says, "No, you mustn't go. 
you mustn't go. That's that's an A-plus dude. I like that guy a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Chris, what's your favorite Dracula moment? Well, uh, best best uh, moment in the Todd Browning movie is the Armadillo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah, because like, yeah. it's just there to be like, this is fucked up, right? <laughs> There's, it's. Have you ever been in a situation that's been so fucked up there's an armadillo there? <laughs> Because that's what the situation Harker's in Which is definitely right what Todd Browning said to everyone on set as it was happening. This is the man who yeah. made Freaks, and he's like, the most fucked up thing I can put in fil- on film is an armadillo. Because yeah. armadillos aren't native to Transylvania. How did it get there? <laughs> he I love had it. them imported. My, my favorite moment, honestly, I think from any Dracula movie, um, it's, not, it's not in the Hammers. Uh, it's... The opening to Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is the oh, Dracula yeah. origin story, which is five minutes long, and Dracula's origin is that he becomes Dracula because he got so pissed off that he stabbed a church. Yes, he stabbed and it right the in church the God. bled. Yep. Yeah, he stabbed it. He stabbed a church right in the God. <laughs> and then, like, no, my muscle suit, and then now is vampire, and that's which. I honestly, I'm kind of ride or die for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Because oh yeah, that movie's it, super good. It is a Rococo dumpster fire. It is, it is Francis Ford Coppola like completely losing his mind and going, "I'm going to make a Dracula movie." And you've got what Tom Waits as Renfield. You've got you know Living Saint Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker. I Be- no, Budapest. And I love Budapest. honestly. I, I give Keanu so much credit for trying to do an English accent in movies where he's like, oh, no, Count Dracula, I have mortally offended you. And it's like, and and it's not even, and, and don't get me wrong, I would die on a battlefield for Keanu Reeves. He's he's a saint. Uh, it's sort of like when he tried doing an English accent a little bit in Much Ado About Nothing. And I just appreciate, he's a, you know, he's a nice boy and he's putting forth the effort. And honestly, I kind of love his performance of Jonathan Harker, because I think a lot of people are sort of, bah, but he's so ineffectual and useless. And it's like, yes, that's Jonathan Harker. Yeah. Like here, here's the trick about, uh, the novel Dracula. Everyone in it sucks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you really, you're kind of rooting for Dracula in that one. Oh yeah. My favorite part of Dracula is where everybody recaps the book Dracula. Like everybody sits down with all of the letters and the epistolary like sort of format and just sort of, they all talk about the plot of Dracula and then pick it back up. I I genuinely like the book, but the, like literally I think the only character who comes close to being sympathetic is Dracula. Uh, Because I like, and this is something that I think gets brought up in, um, in shadow of the vampire. Uh, this idea and this very like very well done idea on Stoker's part uh, that Dracula is crumbling in the old world that he yeah. has to steal babies that everybody in in Transylvania knows his shit right. uh, and that he's in this castle alone pretending to have servants just to lure in Jonathan Harker. It's, it's not sympathetic, but it is pathetic in a way that oh, yeah. I think is is genuinely interesting about his character in a way that like Harker is just an asshole like <laughs> my my le- legitimate favorite Harker moment in that is when he's um cuz Dracula is an epistolary novel so it's all letters mm-hmm. 
when he's writing to Mina about the Brides of Dracula and assures her that he's like not into having a four way with these creatures of impossible beauty. But right. like, you know, they were all on him. It's like, you're such a piece of shit, Jonathan. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And I, th- there's the one part of the, the novel that I always think about, which is where Jonathan literally asks me, and I'm like, listen, you're being really competent and good at stuff, and I need you to get down on my level, please. It's making yeah. me feel very bad. Yeah. So speaking of feeling very bad, I think we can say that Taste the Blood of Dracula is definitely better than Dracula Untold. Oh, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Water is wet. Yeah, Dracula Untold. <laughs> oh, it's such a oh. sadness. He, like, if I told you, hey, the villain from Fast Five is Dracula, <laughs> and he's going to make a giant fist out of bats like Castlevania Absolutely. and, like, fuck up an army, uh, you'd be like, oh, that sounds pretty good. It's not super racist, is it? And I'd be like, well, it's not not super racist. Well, you got Jesse Custer as a, 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 a in, in, you know, in brownface doing a bad accent. Is that yeah, him? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a bad bait, Mary oh, yeah. Berry. That is rough stuff. Yep. Oh. Well, you've Repeat. got that, and then it's like, if you told me, like, all right, also, Charles Dance is a decrepit fucking nose for two cave lurker. And, like, even that doesn't salvage the movie. And I think Charles Dance is the best part of Dracula Untold, but it's not It's not enough. So that's our... It ain't hard to beat that. So what is a, a more realistic uh, floor for this movie? Um, Taste the Blood of for Dracula. Taste the Blood of Dracula? Yeah. Well, I think, I think Taste the Blood is better than AD 1972. Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> except AD 1972 has... Peter Cushing whipping the shit at an Alucard. Like, that scene... No, it's, it's dope. Yeah. <laughs> like the, I, I feel like they're very comparable, but I feel like Taste the Blood is a little better. Like, Dracula's more of a weird presence in Taste the Blood in a way that I find mm-hmm. very appealing. And Taste the Blood also has Madeline Smith in it. So Yes. So, okay. Uh, d- depending on, on your affection for Madeline Smith, that might change some things. Uh, so, our... See, uh, another thing... Uh, AD 1972 feels like a practical joke. Like, the costume designer is like, let's put this motherfucker in a monk outfit, and let's give this person a rug for a jacket, and let's see if anyone watching will will catch that. I'm, I'm looking at this list trying to figure out what I have seen and can therefore rank this movie against. <laughs> okay, so... Because I know it's better than Undertaker, he buries them alive. Oh, sure. <laughs> Um, I do think I, I I know I know for sure. Uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula is better than House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay, so how about Legend I, of the Seven Golden? Vampires? I think both of these are better than Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. I'll say that. Yeah. I think Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires is for what it is for being the. It, it's not bad, but for being the the Hammer Shaw Brothers collabo. Like, it is not what you want. Yeah. It's See, I, I so think, disappointing. I, I think my ranking for it would be Taste the Blood of Dracula and then Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires and then uh, AD 1970. Under Seven Golden Vampires? Yeah. Really? Yes. Just because Seven Golden Vampires, I think, I don't know what it was. It hit the spot exactly for me. I had giant Muppet bats swinging on strings from the ceiling. 
I had improbable transformations. I had kung fu. I was happy as a clown. Okay, so what's a better scene? Um, the rock concert that starts AD 1972 or the scene that starts Seven Golden Vampires where a college classroom of uh, Chinese people tell Van Helsing to piss up a rope with his racist stereotypes. That's, that's the greatest scene. I love that scene. I, I got to go with that one. So, Chris, what do you think? Uh, AD 72 right beneath Seven Golden Vampires? I, I think that's a good place for it. Okay, so... Uh, again, again, I think I think if you meet Seven Golden Vampires on its own terms, it's it's probably better than if, you, if you've watched a bunch of Hammer movies and watched a bunch of Saw Brothers movies and been like, oh shit, they, they did one together? They did two, but that's the good one. Yeah. It's... It, and it's, and it's, again, d- disappointing is 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 the way I would put it. But because you because you know what it could have been. Yeah. Cuz it 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 could have been just Christopher Lee fighting kung fu dudes <laughs> for like an hour and a half and Absolutely. like tearing their hearts out. Right. Shaw Brothers made Inframan. So, it's kind of hard to watch Seven Golden Vampires and not be disappointed. What's that? I just wrote about it. What's that ninja movie where a guy gets his intestines ripped out and then keeps fighting for another five minutes until he trips over his own intestines in a fight scene and that's when they kill him? <laughs> like, that shit should be in this. That should I be in the I don't know Dracula what that movie. is, but I need to see it. In yeah, movie. we're going to have to track that one down. I, <laughs> uh, I think it's like, oh, it's like Invincible Ninjas or something. It's good. You know, Ninja 3 has the horror tag on IMDb. Oh, shit. Talking about the domination? Yeah, talking about the domination. Because yeah. a woman Did, is possessed be by a ghost. She's possessed by a ninja ghost. <laughs> and as we all know, only a ninja can kill a ninja. It's the so. worst kind of ghost. You get a ninja ghost, it's all over. So listen, does uh, Taste of Blood of Dracula go above Event Horizon? Or do we want to put all these Hammer movies right next to each other? I would... See, I don't think it's better than Event Horizon. I, I, I think I would sort of... Uh, clump them together in the same block of... Because you can only sort of judge them against each other, for me. I think that's fair, because, yeah, they together, like, this is a superb uh, Friday night. Get you some Bojangles and watch all three of these movies back-to-back. Hey, uh, here's my question. I want to ask you, because again, I'm not not a scary movies guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not... That's not my world. I'm a guest. (laughs) Are are you telling me Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight is better than T- Tales of the Blood of Dracula? Are you going to be straight <laughs> up with me and say that right now? Well, yeah, we probably do need to. to we haven't locked it's that like, in. We probably do need to reconsider. It's like well, eight spots better. <laughs> it does have Billy well, Zane fairness, smiling, that dreamy, dreamy smile. Now, here's the thing. Like, Billy Zane in Demon Knight should have launched him to fucking superstar. It's pretty criminal that it it's, didn't. He's so good in Demon Knight. So, actually, yeah, like, here's the problem, is underneath Demon Knight is the Mutilator. Oh, it's definitely not better than the Mutilator. Yeah. So, I I would say Taste of Blood of Dracula is more enjoyable than Black Christmas. So, like, I would say it could go as our new number 25 which it still, I, I recognize, does still make the demon, demon Knight above Taste of Blood of Dracula. 
But, yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I think that would be fair because then that puts Taste of Blood of Dracula better than Cat in the Brain, and that movie right. is not fun, and this one is. Yeah, agreed. So, okay, so I would say it should go right under Mutilator and right above Black Christmas, then. I feel good about that. Yeah. So, a hop, skip, and a jump away from Demon Knight, but not quite. So, Chris, we've had a great time here, uh, but I would be, you know... Sorry, we, we have had a great time, and I, I kind of feel like you're about to ruin my great time. <laughs> because I cannot let you hang up from this call without clowning on Batman Dead End. Oh, boy. <sighs> As the leading Batmanologist... That was a, I, that was a great tired sound. <laughs> oh, right, let's, let's talk about this. I... I have a, I have a hard time like really tearing into Batman Dead End because it's because it's a fan film, sure. And in all honesty, it's like a, it it's it does exactly what it wants to do. And it came out in two thousand three. So if you look at yeah, that, I, was, I saw this when I was working at a comic book store. Oh wow, we had it on a bootleg DVD that we sold. <laughs> the Joker has no business in this movie. Or in this little short, where okay, it's like, so, you, like, like my guys, you've already got Alien and Predator. Why do you need Joker waxing philosophical about the cycle of crime and punishment? I mean, that is far and away the worst part. Yeah, but like the fact that this movie is like Batman, and and what's honestly a very good looking Joker. Yeah, it's the best Joker oh, yeah. that's been in film, I think. Yeah, uh, then the Joker gets. Is it a predator or an alien that kills Joker? Oh, it, it, it's an alien. This is why I wasn't scared by right alien because I definitely saw this before I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit! It's one of those things that killed the Joker. <laughs> he just scoops him up like ripe fruit from the pavement. Chris, did you read um, the series that this was based off of, or the two series that this was based off of? I mean, th- this is I, I have read them. But years ago, so this this is not strictly an adaptation of Batman versus uh, Predator, uh, right. but yeah, I've I've read them. That's 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 a crossover where I'm not really sure it works. Yeah, right. So, can we talk about how Batman has no qualms killing the Predators with those Predator blades, like? Oh, he's down with. Them. He rips the living shit out of them, and I was watching that thinking. Batman, is is it you? Are you sure that you don't want to like ease up a little bit? <laughs> well, see, because it's because it's not humans; it's the Yacha. So, it, yeah, what? It's fine. Uh, I don't yeah, know about that. I mean, <laughs> I know this. This isn't like again. It's it's so hard to judge because it's 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 like, hey, what if Batman fought a predator? And they right. did that thing, and they, you know, God, God bless them. I will say this is far from the worst Batman fan film I've ever seen. Oh, true. Uh, the the worst one I have seen is one that was called "The Death of Batman," or as it was spelled on the title card, "The Dead of Batman," <laughs> um, in which Batman is. Well, there's a lot of stuff that happens in it that I don't really want to go into, but it's Batman is is killed by a uh uh a, a, 
a, a crook who chains him up and then gets him addicted to heroin and and assaults Batman and then and then Batman overdoses on heroin after freeing himself and I'm like mm, I've okay. just googled it and I am so excited to watch this it's very I would I would not <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I appreciate your uh, warning man yeah. listen but I mean like this this is perfectly fine so yeah it was better than I thought it would be actually so we actually have the filmmaker Sandy Calora's other short film that's way better because uh, he actually can make really good creature effects. Um, yeah, because th- that's the thing; it's very competent. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, it's it's just the thing it is. Yeah, so definitely, Sandy Calora's Shallow Water is better because it's turtle shark monsters. It's it's basically. Um, What's that bad ninja? Is it Razor or the other one that's the bad turtle in Secret of the Ooze? Uh, it's oh, Toka uh, and Razor? Yeah, yeah. yeah Toka and Razor, yeah. Which one's the turtle? I believe Razor is the snapping turtle. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. basically that, but with a spear in shallow water, and it looks really good. Yeah. So that, it's definitely better than that. Now, on our list, right under that, is where uh, Sergeant um, Kirchner murders a man with a piece of plywood with nails in it. The IWA Japan Nail Hill Deathmatch, 1994. And I don't know if watching Batman fight a predator is worse than an actual movie where a man almost dies or not. I would probably rather watch Bat- what, if, uh, what If Batman But Predators. I would probably rather watch that. Really? Well, because it's quick. Listen, <laughs> that nail, that nail hell death match, it goes on. It's a, a it's a slog. Yeah. Chris, you're our guest. Which would you rather watch? <laughs> I I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> the the. The Batman Dead End is like very short. Yeah, like it's, yep. it's like five minutes. So like I could I could be done with that and 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 in bed by nine. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the one I'm gonna take. Well, then that means that Batman Dead End comes in at number sixty four, right above uh, two guys dressed as Leatherface killing Japanese wrestlers. Yep. So Chris. Thank you so much for putting up with our bullshit for a whole podcast. You're a very good sport about it. Oh no, it's this has been this has been very fun. Like I never, I very rarely get to talk about uh, movies and especially horror movies because it's it's such a thing that I it's a genre that I am not into. I don't like I don't like being scared. I hate it. (laughs) So this is a weird uh, vacation from the normal stuff you talk about. So, like, all right, let's talk about some weird... Okay, let's tap the brakes, though. Chris, you host a bad movie podcast. Yeah, but we very rarely watch horror movies on it because I don't like them. (laughs) Right, because because the house rule is you hate horror. Because I don't like horror movies. So we're, like, much more likely to watch a bad action movie than we are to watch a horror movie. Um, And I think... And people always ask me about it because it's... I'm very vocal about like I don't like being scared. I don't like slashers at all. 
Uh, but I love Dracula. <laughs> right. Uh, because you know, like, I don't, I don't particularly find vampires to be scary. No, no, no. Uh, I like, you know, st- like I love Dracula movies. I think Phantasm fun as hell. Uh, I l- like Hellboy comics. I love like like scary comics. Yeah. I can read, yeah. but it's just something about the movies. Like, n- no, no, thank you to yeah. uh, to your child's plays. Have you ever to, read uh, Warren? Get, get these child's plays out, Chris. Of have you ever read Strange Kiss by Warren Ellis? Uh, I have not. It is one of the trades he did for, I think it's like Avatar or one of those, which is about... Yeah, I believe that was an Avatar Yeah, book. it's about lizard people that live inside of humans and, like, make... It's, it's basically this guy discovers that lizard people control the world and they live inside of people that have been hollowed out. And uh, that's one of those comic books that, like has ruined me since I read it in middle school and, and is haunting. Uh, I was wondering if you... If you haven't read that one, that's a scary comic that is almost too scary to be in print. I I like things that have an element of adventure to them. Yes. <laughs> uh, which I think is what really draws me to Hellboy. Because like Hellboy's got some creepy stuff, but it's all atmosphere for what is essentially an adventure story. Yeah. And I feel like Dracula, I can treat the same way. Uh, because, because, you know, he's... There's so many different Draculas in this in this crazy world of ours. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I like I like talking about uh, this stuff. I just wish I had seen more than, like, four movies on this It's list. totally fine. Uh, so well, I could, listen, I could be a if you more ever want to come back on, you can study up and we'll try to, you know, not make you watch really awful things. Uh well, right. I'll, I'll come back. Let's 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 pick another third movie because I'll come back and we'll do Phantasm Three, Ninja Three, <laughs> yes. and maybe just Never Sleep Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, can you tell our listeners where they can find you all around the internet? Uh, sure. Uh, the easiest place to go is the isbcom uh, Chris's Invincible Superblog. That's my homepage. There's going to be links on there to the columns that I write around the web, as well as comic books that I write and podcasts that I do. Uh, like you said, Matt Wilson and I do a, uh, a bad movie podcast called Movie Fighters. It's, I don't think anyone else is doing it. Uh, it's, very, it's a very awesome, fun, original concept uh, where two guys watch bad movies and make fun of them. Uh, we also eat snacks. <laughs> yes. Oh, very good. Um, I also do a podcast about Sailor Moon called Sailor Business and a podcast about Xena Warrior Princess called Xena Business, or Xena Warrior Excellent. Business, I guess I should say, uh, which has a really great horror-themed episode that we'll be getting to in season two ah. uh, that's kind of the tribute to Evil Dead episode called Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Uh, so be on the lookout for that one. Yeah. Um, if you like the things I have said about Army of Darkness and Dracula... Have I got some news for you? Uh, my writing partner and I, Chad Bowers, are currently writing Ash vs. Army of Darkness for Dynamite, uh, which you can find at your local comic book store. And if you get your comics digitally, you can go to Comixology and look for Dracula the Unconquered, which is my uh, all-ages action-adventure story about uh, Dracula traveling the world with his teen girl sidekick after being resurrected in 1901. And Dracula's dialogue is very, very Christopher Lee, very... Marvel Dracula, like very Gene Colon. 
Uh, we also finally got to do an actual Marvel Dracula story in X-Men 92. So if you want to see that, uh, the 90s X-Men fighting some 90s vampires, uh, the name of that arc is The World is a Vampire. It's X-Men 92 volume. And so. uh, I, I fully endorse all those comics, especially X-Men 92, that one is good as shit. Yeah, we really, we really uh, went hard in that first arc trying to bring back all that 90s Marvel horror stuff. So it's got, <laughs> right. it's got Dracula, it's got the Darkhold, it's got all of it. Blade shows up for a minute. Oh, it's very good. So good. Very fun. Excellent. Ryan, you got any news for our listeners? Uh, none in particular. Okay, well, we are... Why don't... Someday we're going to have something to say in that moment. We just haven't figured out what it is yet. Maybe that's where an ad will go well, once we get uh, some advertisers. Right. I'll come up with something suitably dramatic. Yeah. So listen, we are on the internet. We're on Twitter, at RankinVileCast. We're on Instagram, at RankinVile. We're on Tumblr, where you can find in our archive links to this list that we keep talking about. We're rankandvile.tumblr.com. Our listener, Dustin, has been super awesome to make a letterboxed list with links to all of the movies, except for um, the wrestling is not on letterboxed. Can you believe that, that they don't include Undertaker DVDs on letterboxd.com? He buries them alive. Uh, I mean, that's shocking, because they were released on home video. Yeah, yeah, they're commercial right. releases. We're we're not some fly-by-night podcast. We're talking about <laughs> Mickey Mouse, yeah. actual films. Uh, but anyway, that, that's all on our Twitter. We have a pretty good time. We try to be funny, and based off of our retweets, we are adequate. Uh I am reliably informed by my retweets that we perform adequately on Twitter. Uh, we have an email address, rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up sometime if you have a question, you have a recommendation for a show we should talk about, if you are a filmmaker and you want us to screen uh, your film, if you want to advertise with us, or you just want to bullshit, uh, shoot us an email or hit us up on social media. Uh, have a great week, y'all. Bye, guys. Bye.